Hi everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk and I want to welcome you all and thank you for joining me. I hope that um, this broadcast finds you in good health and you are safe with your family wherever you are in the world. Um, I would ask that uh, we all pray um, for the various nations, you know, as far as what is going on, um, whether it is with COVID or policy. I want you to be uh, thinking about the people because that is our heart as believers. And as you know, every day we, well, whenever we come together for the Bible study, we study so that we can learn you know, practical steps on how to live a godly life and also to fulfill our purpose. And so today we're going to talk about something um, that I think all believers must participate in. And it's really an exclusive thing that only believers really can participate in. And it's worship. So I want us to kind of delve into that. And so I want you to grab your Bible right now. And we are going to go into the Word of God. Um, our anchor text today is going to be in um, John. So if you would, turn to John chapter 4, and we're going to read two verses there. I think there's really some powerful um, information there for us to help us to, you know, really um, live a more godly life and really understand what we're doing and not just use buzzwords like worship or praise, but to really understand what we're doing. So let's go ahead and read John 4, verse 23. It says, But the hour comes, and now is, when the time worship uh, worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeks such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And, you know, there's a lot to be said about that. I mean, it seems kind of straightforward, but I want us to sort of hone in into that idea of worship. You know, we're talking about worship now, and obviously, you know, this is a very descriptive, um, you know, uh, description from our Lord, directly from his lips. He's saying you're going to have to worship the Lord in spirit. You're going to have to, um, you know, worship him in truth. So what really does that mean? So I think one of the main things we really have to find out is, and we really have to learn, is what does it mean to worship? So the Hebrew word for worship literally means to bow down. You know, um, sometimes these ideas get lost in context, but I love that when you can go back to the original Hebrew, you can see exactly what they were saying, and it really makes things a little bit clearer about what it is we're doing. And so the Hebrew word for worship is bow down. It means to humble yourself before another, to put yourself below. It's actually to create a space of exalting through your own effort that even if the object of worship never lifted itself above you in bowing, you would create the distance. So that's really the idea here. And, you know, Christ underscores this idea throughout Scripture. To really worship the Lord means to bow down. It's not, you know, one of these um, spooky experiences that you have, um, or emo I won't say spooky, emotional experiences that you have. Sometimes 
you know, if you worship the Lord, you can have, it can evoke emotion, but that doesn't mean that's always the case. Worship isn't always, um, you know, an emotional feeling. Worship isn't always, you know, an ex exuberant feeling. Um, it doesn't mean you're running. It doesn't mean you're losing control of yourself. Worship is actually very specific and it's very intentional. Worship is very intentional. So I think that's something we need to grasp onto. And I'm just going to pick a few scriptures that we can look at where God is really sort of teaching us what worship really means. So there is this principle throughout scripture. And if we look in Luke chapter 14, verse 11, if you can go with me there, it's Luke chapter 14, verse 11. It says, for whoever exalts himself shall be abased and he that humbles himself shall be exalted. And this is a principle that we see that runs throughout scripture um, without challenge. It is the complete um, idea of God. It is a, a methodology. And so this is a recipe for success. This is a recipe for worship. This is a recipe for true, um, you know, interactions with God. And so I think it's really important for us that we need to understand that whoever is going to abase himself, the Lord is going to raise up. I want us to go ahead and look at Psalms chapter 138, verse 6. It says, Though the Lord be high, yet he has respect to the lowly, but the proud he knows afar off. Now that's Psalms 138, verse 6. This is important because um, we see that God is having respect to the lowly. There's something about that that's important. There is this idea that God is like watching the lowly. He, it says he has respect to them. That means he re he's regarding them. He's honoring the things that they say or the things that they do. So it's kind of like they have the ear of God. Let's look at um, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 34. It says, surely he scorned the scorner, but he gives grace to the lowly. Once again, we're looking at God who, um, you know, really is take having respect and really taking notice of the lowly. And I want to point out something about the scorner here. It says that he actually scorns the scorner. Now, scorners, you know, these would be people who <laughs> like to give people a piece of their mind, um, who like to read people, who like to, you know, just kind of, you know, um, do those sorts of things to kind of scorn people. And God is saying he's going to scorn them back. So try not to be that. No matter how tempting it may be, um, try not to be a scorner. Um, try not to be someone, you know, who has some level of vitriol that you're able to levy at other people. Let's go ahead and look at Matthew chapter 23, verse 12. It says, And whoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. Again, we're seeing that in Matthew 23, verse 12. Christ is trying to get us to see there is a principle working in the earth. It says in Luke chapter 1, verse 52, I think this is really powerful. It says, and this is from Mary's song, and we're going to have a chance to talk about that. Um, but this is the song that, or the prayer, or the praise, or the worship that Mary gave when she met with her cousin, Martha, 
and they were both with child, Mary said, He has put down the mighty from their seats and exalted them of low degree. So once again, this is a concept I believe that the Hebrews understood. And I think, you know, God sort of underscored that for them and he wanted them to maintain that idea. And so this is something she could readily sing about. And if you go back and you look at uh, Hannah's song, which is a Bible study that we have here on Love Walk, you'll see that Hannah says the very same thing. So it's a concept throughout scripture. Um, we're going to quickly go to James chapter 4, verse 6. It says, but he gives more grace. Why? He said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So once again, we are seeing God giving grace to the humble and he is resisting the proud. So that means, you know, people who are proud in their way, they're trying to accomplish something. God is resisting them. And let me tell you, I've seen that before. It's really a phenomenon. It's really a massive phenomenon when you see proud people you know, trying to push something or ram something through, they don't realize that God is resisting them. It is God that is resisting them. And that's really a powerful concept. And sometimes if you find yourself, you know, in a bit of pride, you'll find that you find resistance. And that resistance, think about it. I know it doesn't sound like something God would do. But when we read the scriptures, we learn some things. Let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 5. It says, Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves to the elder. Yes, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility, for God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And so we've seen time and time again where he says that he gives grace to the humble. And so I want us to know, what is grace? That's important. Grace is like a favor. Grace is like God's favor, his unmerited favor. He gives grace. He makes ways to the humble. Grace is really that important part of what it is that we do, that God does, that, you know, is something he gives freely. And God is telling us over and over again, this is something that, you know, he gives to uh, the lowly. So we're just going to grab a couple more. I just want to show you this pattern in scripture. If you look at Matthew chapter 5, it says, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Look at what you get. So it's important for us to understand that Christ even himself did the same thing. Christ became humbled to the cross and was the ultimate form of worship. So when Christ went to the cross, we're seeing the ultimate form of worship. Not only are we seeing the ultimate form of love toward mankind, and a lot of times I think we do get caught on that point, and it definitely it is a demonstration of love, God's love, Christ's love toward believers, but I think you need to understand how much it is a demonstration of God's, uh, of Christ's worship toward God. I think that is powerful that he would humble himself to the cross. And this is worship, to bow down, to bow yourself down lower than your actual state. And I want us to remember that. Worship really is to bow yourself down lower than your actual state. Christ, they said he was humbled to the cross. He, be, he went and became like us, like human flesh. This was because of love, but this is also a form of worship to God to humble oneself down like that. So Christ did that on the cross. 
And with that in mind, when we worship God, that's what we do. This is why, you know, we must renew our mind. And we can be lifted up in the pride of our mind. And that really stops us from worshiping God. You know, being lifted up in the pride of your mind, you know, isn't this thing where, you know, you won't lift your hands and you won't sing. It's, it's bigger than that. It's much bigger than singing and dancing and, you know, crying out in church or wherever. Worship is so much more powerful and it has so much more to do with your inner man and with your will. And we see that with Christ. Christ was a perfect example for us. So even if we look, it says that, you know, even the rich brother should be you know, happy when he is abased and the poor one when he is exalted. That concept is continually throughout scripture. I want to turn us now to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, uh, verse 27. It says, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. Once again, we see God doing that. He's choosing something humble. He's choosing something weak. And that is why when we say, um, Paul said, when I am weak, then is Christ strong. These are powerful ideas that's telling us something about worship and about love. Um, If you can humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, he will lift you up in due time. That's what the scripture says. And so if you let someone, if you love someone, you will have to be humble this is a fact i know we don't like this but if you dare to love someone you will have to be humbled and that's what makes things so difficult that's what makes marriage difficult that's what makes raising children difficult that's what makes just existing with other humans difficult is that if you're going to dare to love someone you're going to have to be humbled love doesn't work without humility. I want you to remember that forever. Love doesn't work without humility. Remember, the Bible says, for God so loved the world that he, you know, gave his only begotten son and that he was able to humble himself. Love requires both sacrifice and humility. And if you are not willing to sacrifice or have humility, then you're not ready for love and you're not ready for any true meaningful relationships where there is great pride there is no room for great love where there is great pride there is no room for great love and we have to remember that the humility to deny oneself is critical to bow down it will determine many things for you it will determine marriages it will determine friendships work relationships family and more your ability to humble yourself can you make yourself lower than your spouse than your friends than your family than the people that you serve in philippians chapter 2 verse 3 actually you know what let's read that let's read um from verse 2 um verse 3 all the way down to verse 8 there's a great scripture here that's going to really underscore what we're talking about it says let nothing be done through strife or vain glory but in lowliness of mind let each esteem the other better than themselves 
look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took on him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. This was not just sacrifice or love, this was worship. And that's something that I don't think you know, many people understand that one day, if you dare to love someone, you're going to have to deny yourself. You're going to have to humble yourself. Maybe you're a woman and, you know, you have, you know, kids and you've never gotten your hands dirty. Well, let me tell you, if you have children, your hands are going to get very dirty. You're going to have to do things that you said you would never do. Well, you know, that's just not me. But when you have kids, that changes. Let's say you're a man and you know you take pride in you know being good looking and whatnot and let's say your wife just isn't interested tonight or even that week if you you're gonna have to humble yourself to really say i'm not going to go and do something else i'm going to humble myself to be obedient to this covenant because i love this woman if you are not just with parents or with people in marriage maybe you're you know, someone who has a mentor or mentee, and maybe that mentee will do something, you're gonna have to humble yourself. Or it's so many scenarios out there where we as believers are going to have to humble ourselves. And that is love. Christ came down. He's telling us in, in not so many words, that is love. I want So I hope that this Bible study has helped you um, not on your, only in your steps toward authentic worship, because we must worship in spirit and in truth, but also in how you serve others and understanding what Christ has done for us on the cross. His work on the cross was so powerful because it encompassed both worship and humility and love. And so it's really important for us as believers to kind of wrap our head around that and what that means for us going forward. What does it mean if we say we love God? What does it mean when we are saying we are worshiping God? It's not emotionalism. It's not, you know, and I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with crying or raising your hands. Sometimes I'm just, I love God so much it'll make me cry, but I don't... Um, confuse that with what worship is you know and and knowing that our bodies are a temple of the lord and that we worship through our bodies we worship with the lord the body sits with the mind we we serve the lord we worship the lord so it's important for us to understand what worship is and we know that pride has a way of taking a hold in the mind and in the heart and that's our battles there sometimes is really bringing ourselves down not just to worship God because sometimes it's easy to worship God it's to say you're all the way up in the heavens you control everything but it's really hard to bow down 
when it comes to people. And I'm not talking about being just a pushover, subservient, but humbling yourself maybe to help people, to forgive people, to do different things like that, to serve people, your family, uh, give up things that you want, to sacrifice. This is humility. This is bowing down. And this is also how we worship God. Think about how Christ showed his worship to God. He did something for mankind. He went on the cross. And we all have a cross to bear, right? So that means we're probably going to serve God by serving mankind and also having a cross to hang on. I pray that God gives you the courage to know what true worship is and to learn how to enact that in your life and every relationship that you have. Let's pray together for all of us. I don't speak as one who has attained, but one who seeks to learn and one who seeks to grow and to share with others. So together we can grow and fulfill our purpose. I hope you are blessed. Don't forget, you can support me at Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash L Winston if you've been blessed by this broadcast. And also at paypal.me forward slash L-E-L-A-W-I-N-S-T-O-N. I want to thank you so much. God bless you. Bye.